Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Cole, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, a company that is focused on building out effective security roadmaps that actually work to protect an organization. In today's episode, I'm joined by Nicholas Kramer, Senior Director at Sophos. We're going to be talking about the world of cyber insurance and big changes happening in the space. Before we jump into the questions, Nicholas, can you just give a little background of your experience and what your current role is at Sophos? Sure. Uh, you know, glad to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to everybody. I've been in cyber insurance, that cross-section of cyber insurance and cybersecurity uh, for the last 15 plus years. Got started really right out of school and uh, kind of fell into it accidentally, ended up really enjoying it. Uh, and so I've had kind of a focus on the consumer side initially, consumer cyber safety, cybersecurity, focused a lot around identity theft and then data breach, uh, data breach response, that sort of thing, and then made the shift over into enterprise security maybe five, six, seven years after. So been doing it really my, my whole career. Excellent. I'm glad to have you here. And, and I don't know about you, but when I see cyber insurance, all I can think of is times are changing, right? That there's a lot going on in the last uh, six, nine, or 12 months. So could you just tell us a little bit about the current state of the cyber insurance space and some of the big changes you've been seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So it, you know, it's it's funny if I if if I talk to friends or family about cyber insurance, they're like, "Yeah, insurance, you know, boring." And I'm like, "No, it's really not. You know, cyber insurance is is quite an interesting to me. You know, maybe maybe I'm I'm one of the rare ones, but I I, I think most people could, you know, identify and find some some uh, you know some some likeliness in in, in kind of what's happening with with cyber insurance. So, you know, in a nutshell, cyber insurance in the initial days was really, you know, the carriers were kind of putting risk out there, putting the money out there for the risk transfer without really knowing how to accurately underwrite that risk. Uh, You know, a lot of it was kind of guesswork. And where, you know, so that kind of worked for, let's call it 10 years and, you know, things were well and, and, and the risk transfer was cheap. And uh, really, you know, when the whole ransomware thing started, you know, 2013 or so, it really started kind of shifting the way that these insurance companies were looking at this because now they were really starting to pay out claims. The ransom payments were expensive and still are. And, uh, you know, these, these threat actors are leveraging cloud technology to, to uh, distribute their approach. So you've got threat actors doing ransomware as a service. So they're, they're, they're getting help in this distributed model where, Attackers with with less sophistication can kind of start poking on the outside of the of the network door, and uh, you know once they've kind of find a way in, they can escalate to uh, to the more sophisticated folks to, to to help kind of complete and share in on the prize, right? So so you have this distributed model, and the ransomware situation is just blown up, right? And 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 so carriers are are you know they're they're running you know in the in the red in in, in some cases, you know, um, not all of them are running super profitably like they were. And so what's happening is that the carriers are now investing in their own sophistication. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're wanting their underwriters to be trained 
with with cybersecurity backgrounds, right? Uh, they're not just randomly picking underwriters from some you know professional liability line that uh, you know, hey, come on over to cyber. It's much more strategic now. They really want them to understand cybersecurity, and so it's it's you know it's quite interesting for me, uh, you know, having always been on the solution side. Um, because it's it's kind of finally catching up, right? It's like you know, if 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 you represent a solution that truly does differentiate or truly does add value, uh, it's really kind of the time to shine. Because uh, now more than ever, you know, folks are paying attention to that, and especially on the uh, the underwriting side. So, you know, I would say that's really the the biggest shift is that you know we're we're finally starting to see the market catch up to go, hey, we really need to understand how cybersecurity works. In, in order to effectively underwrite risk, and so, like I said, they're they're reco- you know, five seven years ago. Uh, I mean, heck, even probably three years ago, there weren't much requirements to the solutions that you were running as a business in order to get that coverage. Uh, nowadays, that's changed completely. So, folks are, or when I say folks, I mean the underwriters. You know, they're requiring that you have, let's say, an EDR in place. If you're high risk, they're going to want an MDR in place, and so. Uh, we're starting to see that more and more, and you know this this market is what you call a hard market, where you have less carriers putting out the the money there to to fund the risk transfer, and they're charging more for it. So the premiums are up, and the capacity is down, and and that's what you kind of call a, a hard market. And, and you know we're in one right now. So it sounds like with what you're saying, it's not just that we're seeing a little increase in premiums here and there, but it sounds like there's even cases where companies that used to be able to get policies can no longer get a policy. So can you maybe talk about how this is impacting clients and and what's really happening? Is it just a premium change? Is it companies are getting denied uh, coverage or what's really happening in this space? Yeah, we are definitely seeing the cost of cyber going up if you're able to get it in the first place. So, you know, we're, we're working at Sophos, you know, we, we have uh, hundreds of thousands of customers globally. So, Virtually daily, I'm getting you know escalations from our field sales agents that are that are saying, "Hey, you know, I have this customer, and uh, they're hearing this from their carrier, and it's you know it's 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 never like, hey, just you know sign on the dotted line and get your policy. It's always, oh, we're we're having angst around this, that, or the other, and so you know right now the cost of that insurance is definitely going up, even if you don't have claims, by the way. So you know I'll give kind of an anecdote. You know, at Sophos, our own cyber insurance policy, you know, went up almost two hundred percent without any claims, right? <laughs> Zero claims, and uh, you know, yes, we're probably considered high risk because of the nature of the business that we're in and in our scope, uh, you know. But we're among the top, in, you know, in the world in terms of what our controls are, and so uh, our own policy went up, and that's just a, a symptom of the market. So even if you're doing everything right, expect increases. And then, uh, you know, if you're not, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, to get a policy, even if you're going through the renewal with the same carrier, it's not uncommon for them to come back and, and say, hey, you know, we want an attestation this time around to show that you are running, let's say, you know, an enterprise grade EDR, right? Uh, or if you're high risk, like I said, I mean, that's, it's going managed is really where things are going, right? Uh, at the end of the day, the best way a company can attest to their to their security is by outsourcing it right to to professionals that do this for a living so in an mdr situation a managed detection and response situation you're effectively outsourcing your security to a company that runs a 24/7 sock 
So you have folks monitoring it at all times. So if you're getting alerts from your from your endpoint agents, uh, you know you're not leaving that guesswork of of how to respond to your team that may not be uh, trained adequately or may not know what to do. Uh, you're you're effectively outsourcing that to people that do right and, and that are monitoring it twenty four seven. So in many cases, many many cases, I'm seeing the carriers require this, where they're saying, hey, you know, the only way we're going to touch this risk is if we know that you're running. Uh, an MDR, and so uh, that's happening quite quite a bit. Uh, so I would say the overall impact, you know, is that you have to be prepared. Going through the the exercise of of, of buying insurance is not, in many cases, you know. Now there's so, some exceptions. If you're a very small business, or if you're looking for like minimum risk transfer, it can be fairly quick, you know. But if you're um, you know a larger business, you know, or, or you're high risk, you know, expect that process to be a multi week process. And let's focus a little bit on renewal. I know I was just talking to a client earlier this week, and he goes, Eric, last year when we renewed our cyber insurance, it was one page with eight questions. He goes, this year, it's 22 pages with 140 questions that are a lot more detailed. So can you sort of talk about what clients should keep in mind when they get ready for renewals of policies, that's going to be different this year from previous years. Yeah, look, I mean, so, so you know, kind of, kind of, it's like it, it, you know, check, check all the boxes, right? Just expect it all. Um, you, you know, yes, the so so this this kind of goes back to what I was saying with, you know, the underwriters getting more sophisticated, right? They're they're investing in their own understanding of cybersecurity, and so it's not at all uh, surprising, you know, for me to hear what what you're saying where. You know, it was like, hey, last time we did this, it was an easy thing, and now this time it's it's like you know, going through a, a major check here. So you know, the the, the best thing that I would say, uh, you know, and there's kind of two categories, right? If if, if you've had a claim before, uh, you know, specifically a cyber claim, then everything that that I'm kind of saying, you have to like crank that up to ten, right? You're gonna have to instead of like erring on the side of caution, oh maybe we, you know. Maybe we upgrade to MDR. No, you absolutely need to, to upgrade to MDR if you uh, have previous claims activity. If you don't, you know, expect that risk transfer to cost more when you go through the renewal because uh, that's that's just that's just going to be part of, of of the market that we're in. But absolutely be prepared, like I said, to attest uh, to what those solutions are. So not just a check in the box. I mean, you know, a signature stating that you know this is the case and a lot of the carriers now are starting to move uh to to uh this model where they will scan the network so you know they're not getting behind the firewall where let's say like a sophos agent would run um but they're doing kind of external kind of perimeter scans outside of of the firewall to see you know how well let's say your your ports are protected or, or how, you know are are you just opening a bunch of ports arbitrarily you know they're scanning into vulnerabilities they're, they're they're doing basically as much as they can via via third parties that specialize in this to get a sense for how well your network is defended so expect that and also expect them to want to know about the team right so so how sophisticated how experienced you know how big is this team that is managing the security and don't just think also that you know because let's say you know maybe you might be a manufacturing company and you don't have a huge digital footprint, uh, you know you don't collect 
consumer information, that sort of thing. That doesn't exclude you from the review that most companies are going to undergo. Because at the end of the day, you know, the threat actors that are attacking organizations, you know, they, they don't really look or care per se, you know, in, in the business that you are in, right? Like what you do. We, we've gone through some, some, I would say, evolutions where that was a bit of the case. But really now what they're looking for is they're, they're looking for easy marks, right? Because the payday is the ransom still, you know, fundamentally. Now we are starting to see and have been seeing the threat actors will, you know, if you don't want to pay the ransom, if they steal data, they will then sell that data or they will threaten to sell the data. So, you know, the concern from recovering from ransomware kind of primarily used to be like, hey, can we rebuild the data? Can we recover the data? You know, and, and that's, that would determine whether you wanted to go pay them to get the data back. And now, as long as they've taken some of that data, they've kind of got that, that dual threat, right? So again, if you're a manufacturing company, um, it's not just, hey, you know, we don't collect consumer records. You know, they, they, they're going to want to ransom if they can attack you successfully. And on top of that, if they steal corporate data, you know, there's probably some sensitivities there, right? Like, would your business want all of their emails just sitting out there, right, for anybody to read? So the considerations are, are, are really kind of three-dimensional. And like I said, if you're coming up to a renewal or if you're looking at getting coverage, the best thing I would say is, you know, talk, talk to a professional that, that does this sort of thing. There's a bunch of great brokers out there that, you know, have been following along that are getting better at cyber that's a good start. Some brokerages even have their own cyber practices, right? Where you can get that sophistication and that experience to kind of help go through this. If not, there's, uh, you know, independent parties. And, and, and a lot of the security companies also will have people like me that focus on this. Uh, it can help set expectations. But at the end of the day, you know, when in doubt, it really does come down to your security controls. And uh, right now, the best thing you can do I don't want to say this for a hundred percent of people, but it's got to be very close. Is you know moving to that managed model? Uh, it's the fastest growing segment of our business, and I expect that to uh, to be the case for for probably quite a while. Because at the end of the day, right, the best people that are going to be able to run that endpoint are going to be the people that that built it and that are trained on it. And so, you know, that's the uh, the MDR model. Excellent. Let's jump into a little terminology. So we hear these terms like pre-loss and post-loss. Can you sort of define what those are and how pre-loss and post-loss come into play here with cyber insurance? Yeah, sure. So, you know, pre pre-loss based, you know, so so the loss event is a claim at the end of the day, right? Uh, so if if uh, if you have to file a claim because a threat actor made their way into the network. Uh, you know, ransomware is kind of the worst case scenario. There's other examples of cyber claims where it's not ransomware, uh, where, you know, let's say a threat actor made their way in the network. They weren't successful to delivering the uh, the ransomware payload, but, you know, let's say they left some kind of um, some malware uh, that, that's trying to do some things. It's trying to call out to some servers. It's trying to do some things and it's being blocked, but it needs to be remediated. You know, that's an example also of a cyber claim. Uh, or, you know, let's say an employee just not thinking correctly and they send data to the wrong person, you know, protected data. You know, that's an example of a data breach that would fall under a cyber claim. So there's many different types of cyber claims that are not ransomware. It's just ransomware is the most prevalent right now. But a claim is a loss, right? And so, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about pre-loss, 
it's all things before. And so, uh, you know, what, what we're seeing on the carrier side is, you know, again, going back to carriers getting more invested in the controls, uh, you know, getting more invested in understanding. You're starting to see on the pre-loss side of things, more and more carriers are, are doing kind of, you know, partnerships with companies like Asophos, you know, on the endpoint side so that if your company is going through that process of, of getting a policy, you know, they may have a pre-loss partnership with an endpoint company that will maybe you get some sort of discount or benefit uh, if you have this type of, you know, endpoint security in place. So on the pre-loss side, it's it's basically everything that goes into protecting yourself to, to avoid that claim. Uh, and so I would expect, like I said, more and more carriers to, to start investing more and more in those partnerships with other technology providers, right? And it's not just Endpoint. Endpoint is one example. I work at a big Endpoint company, so it's, it's very relevant for me. Um, but there's other things too, right? Like your firewall, you know, your email filters, uh, data loss prevention, you know, training, anti, anti-phishing, all, all of these things that go into your overall cybersecurity posture effectively fall into kind of your, your pre-loss considerations. And so think of it that way. And then, like I said, on, on, on the loss side, post-loss, if you want to call it that, or just loss, uh, that's really having a claim. Uh, and, and once you have a claim, you know, that, that, you know, you don't get to undo that, right? So that, that, that claim uh, will be a factor for your business, uh, you know, for, for at least, I would say, several years, right, coming out of that. And so at the end of the day, you're investing in the pre-loss to avoid uh, the, the post-loss or the claim. Now, a few times you've mentioned utilizing or taking advantage of EDR and MDR and MTR. So how can an organization better use or position their EDR, MDR, and expand it with MTR? Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll, let's, let's just start by, I guess, you know, talking about those, those acronyms. So you know, EDR, you know, the endpoint detection and response, uh, EDR is where things were going out. So you kind of had like the antivirus days, signature-based protection. Hey, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we found this new threat. Okay, great. Let's, let's update that signature to all of our endpoint agents. So now those endpoint agents know what to look for, right? So signature-based detection, kind of the antivirus days, you know, then, then it kind of moved forward into, into like the next gen antivirus days where you started bringing in some kind of behavioral analytics that helped helped it start to do a little more than just signature based stuff so it could you know kind of bring in different areas of, of of network where it was looking for a little bit more right and when i say a little bit more it really was just kind of a little bit more edr was really the next generation where it goes hey we're going to expand upon that whole behavior thing we're going to keep the signature based stuff we're going to add some machine learning and and some some ai in some cases to help kind of augment what it's doing uh, but then we're going to bring in this ability to, to to really respond, and so that if you know we're tossing up an alert, there's an action. You know, you can you can you can query uh, the agent to 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 provide more information. You can execute a command uh, to change a state so that you're protecting, right? So that's really kind of what EDR was about. Um, another one that you're going to hear is is XDR, and so uh, you know, XDR is just extended detection and response, and so XDR is. Really, what is used if you if you're going through a claim? One of the first things that's going to happen is the company that's helping you out 
is going to deploy an XDR agent to all of those machines on the network. And that, that XDR agent is like an EDR, except it can plug into additional, uh, uh, you know, it can pull in firewall information, for example, right? And so it's, it's going to be the best tool that the responders have on a device level to ensure that, you know, what they're seeing on that device is representative of its risk and then also be able to kind of protect it going forward, right? So XDR is really, again, just to kind of summarize, you had like the, the antivirus days, the, and you had kind of the next-gen antivirus uh, moving into EDR. Now XDR, right? And, and XDR is still prevalent, it's still used, it's still the best thing that you can have on the actual device. But when we start talking about MDR or MTR, MDR, uh, the M is basically just managed, right? So it's it's the same endpoint. It's still an XDR agent that's going to go on those machines, but instead of your team managing that and you know paying attention to the alerts, querying the devices to uh, to pull information for you to make decisions and, and then execute commands to, to to change states, et cetera, you're you're outsourcing that, and you're outsourcing that in some cases to a third party, right? So some third parties that just do MDR will use other agents, right? So it's not their own agent. They don't, they don't manufacture endpoint protection, but they do become experts in, in running endpoint, right? So you'll have some that work with uh, third parties, or you'll have some like a Sophos, which we do our own, right? So our team is running Sophos XDR agents, IntercepteX. So that's the best thing you can do because those are 24-7 uh, you know, in our case, it's it kind of follows the sun, so you always have a team on it. Uh, but you'll notice that in ours, right, you, uh, I was talking about MDR, managed detection and response. We call ours MTR, managed threat response. And the reason for that is because it's not just a, a reactive, right? We're not just detecting and responding. There's proactivity in what we do in our service in the T, which is threat. So there's active threat hunting. So with threat hunting, you know, you're not just waiting and responding to the alerts that the agents are presenting. You actually have a team that is actively out there executing queries that are, you know, they're they're basically threat hunting and that's how you threat hunt. So you use those XDR agents that are on the machine and and you have folks that are submitting queries to those machines. They're out there hunting for threats so it's it's uh, quite quite literally you know uh, teams that are executing commands you know to those agents trying to go out and be proactive and so that proactive that proactivity does matter so as far as sophos is concerned in really kind of where we're at in the industry you know an mtr solution is really the most advanced solution you can get so if you're if you're in a situation where you have to definitely reduce your risk. The only way that I would feel comfortable, and I and I say this publicly all the time, really the only way you know that we can confidently say, hey, we can reduce risk, is if you're on an MTR solution. You know, you can have the best endpoint agent in the market, right? Like for instance, our endpoint has been Gartner does their magic quadrant thing. You know, 12, 12 times in a row we've been listed as leader. Hey, you know that's that's some that's some good confidence to know that the endpoint agent you're using is a pretty good one. But you're only as good as the team that's running that, right? And so that's where this whole movement toward managed comes into play. And as we start to wrap up, just a final question. You've mentioned sort of some of Sophos's solutions. Can you just tell us a little bit more about Sophos and how bringing in a third party can help with the issues we've discussed today? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, high level, you know, Sophos, we're a, we're, we're a UK based company, uh, almost 40 years old. We've gone through uh, several evolutions, right? In order to stay current in cyber, well, any any technology really, right? You have to continually reinvent yourself, and so Sophos is no uh, exception there. You know, we've we've had to change with the times, <laughs> you know, many times. Um, but we are, uh, you know, a, a, an enterprise grade cybersecurity company. We do endpoint, we do firewall, we do network switches, uh, email security, anti phishing. Uh, you know, the list goes on. Uh, it's truly a platform approach. So if you're running Sophos, uh, you know, we can kind of cover you from a from a cybersecurity standpoint. We, uh, we're global, uh, so a huge presence, obviously, here in, in the U.S., um, but we, we do have very much a, a global footprint, and we're, we're quite well distributed there in terms of, uh, you know, there's not one market that just dominates the other. You know, but but working with a third party, and this is kind of one of one of the I think interesting things. So Sophos, like our our approach in terms of how we get to market is through partners. So you couldn't today just go to Sophos, you know, dot com and and sign up uh, or, or or buy licenses for you know let's say XDR. Uh, you know, you have to go through a partner, and and that that partner community is is critical. It's important because that's really where where you're going to get that technical expertise. At the end of the day, you know you can you can invest in running a team that is going to be uh, modern and, and up to date with all the latest and greatest. Uh, but for a lot of businesses, that's not realistic, right? And so that's really kind of where the third party help comes in. Uh, and so with with Sophos, you know, we work with a, a, a network of tens of thousands of partners around the globe. So you know, in your local community, let's say you know you have a an IT security shop and they do IT security for um, you know certain types of companies kind of kind of like you know like an MSP type model but but not always it can it can just always you know or it could be let's say like an IT consulting type approach that would be an example of, of, of third-party expertise and that's ultimately how Sophos gets uh, you know into businesses is through partnerships like that but the third party you know third parties are key in this space because uh, you know it's evolving very quickly I mean the threat actors aren't stopping. They're continually uh, evolving their tactics. Uh, they're continually evolving their approach. Um, so the threats are, are nonstop, and the, and the threats are constantly changing. And so, in order to have a team that's going to be able to adequately respond to the latest and greatest, they have to be specialized. And so, like I said, for a lot of folks, it's not realistic to do in house. And so, this is where those third parties come into play. Uh, you know, it can be local. In this day, it doesn't have to be. You know. A lot of a, a lot of partnerships from a, from an IT or IT security standpoint can be remote, especially if there's not a need for that physical person, you know, in an office installing something physically. A lot of it can be managed remotely, and so there's a lot of great options out there. And I encourage people to uh, to consider working with third parties specifically for their their IT security uh, to improve their overall risk. Uh, and if they're going through the cyber insurance renewal. Uh, or if they're going and looking for a, a policy, uh, by all means, that is my best advice to to help improve the outcome is to go and work with a, a third-party expert that that does uh, cybersecurity. Uh, thank you, Nicholas, for all your great insights on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to sophos.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, 
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our social at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to EM360Tech.com. Thank you.